Well, look at this. You're here and I'm pleased because I really dig your company. Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. of the people making commentary. Um, interestingly enough, the ones I've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um, rioting, we should not be looting, we should not be tearing up our own communities. And then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket. We should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money. Um, but, you know, I feel like we should do both. And I feel like I support both. And I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices, and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up, and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters, and the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why. And that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then... Let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting that's their only opportunity to get it we need to be questioning that why why are people that poor why are people that broke why are people that that food insecure that clothing insecure that they feel like their only shot that they are shooting their shot by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people want to talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child, I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money. I didn't allow you to have anything on the board. I didn't allow for you to have anything. And then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are pla- Those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. 
So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your monopoly money. And then finally at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood. How can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you... That was a young lady named Kimberly Latrice Jones. Look her up on Facebook, um, guys. <clears throat> She's an author. She's a NAACP Image Award nominee. Um, sometimes we don't know the people who are speaking for us until we get these clips and because I walk these internet streets, these are the things that I have to share with you. You know I root for everybody black. And I am a woman. So anytime I hear women speaking what my heart feels, I'm going to share it with you. Miss Kimberly Latrice Jones, we thank you for your words, for your sentiment, for your bravery. Boy, if there ain't a lot on my mind today, I just, who oh, the weeks just keep going on and on and on. 2020, what have you done? We six months in and it's just, you know, heavy every week, y'all. I don't, I can't, I didn't, I didn't make the rules. But it's heavy every week, I could tell you that. So, I don't know where to start today. Uh, okay, there have been uh, protests all over the world now, not just in the United States. We are countrywide with the protests right now, which I think is amazing. You know, because every time something happened in any other country, social media would definitely put up the flag and tell whatever country that something was happening, that we was with them. A lot of times when things happen over here, America, uh, you know, we don't, we feel like we don't see the support. But there have just been protest after protest in country after country about the need for reform for the police because, you know, pretty much the police are not the best in any country. And I think that after seeing what has been going on 
in America, everybody is like, all right, how many more of these do we need to see to see that there's a problem here? How many more murders on camera by the police do we have to actually watch on the news and the internet before there is something being said? And so for that, I am uh, very grateful. Still, guys, I have to say, I have not watched in entirety the video. I have heard audio and I've seen the photo. I, it It's enough for me. Um, you know, last year this time we were watching the movie When They, when they See Us. And the, that was traumatizing for so many of us. And I was one of the people saying, like, if you don't think you can handle it, do not look at it. And so I have been adopting that practice for myself for this. So, no, I have not seen the video of the um, murder, but I've seen enough. You know, for me, I have seen enough. This, because this isn't the only one of murder, especially in the last six months, we have a misunderstanding because a lot of people believe that this is just a lot of people protesting for only George Floyd. But this has become bigger than that at this point. And it's that George was basically the straw that broke the camel's back. And now the world is just like, what in the hell is going on? And, you know, this 2020, although I was just like, you know, what, what's going on, whatever, 2020 has definitely been a year for transformation. Being in the house for the COVID-19 pandemic has given way for a lot of transformation. And I think that this is the time because people have been, you know, so less focused on all their busy work that they've had they've had more time to be like what the hell you know and so that that is a positive thing for me one of the other things that has so one of the things that's come up this week is that the the judge has set the murderer's bail at like a million dollars or something and I guess that means that he ain't getting out. You know, I don't I don't even never know because, you know, right when you think that you know what's happening, then boom, they're out, they're home, they're free, whatever. So for me at this time, I'm just going to wait. Now, I also heard that the investigation into Breonna Taylor uh, murder is, is open back up. And so, you know, I don't know if there was a arrest made on that yet, but if if it wasn't an arrest made, I know that they are uh, investigating that put that shooting because, of course, there was no reason for them to murder her her either, and you know Ahmad Aubrey that that 
um, arrests. We, we haven't heard anything else on that either. So people are just like, you know, we're seeing too many. We are seeing too many. We are over this. We don't have to do it the other way. Of course, you know, I spoke last week and said, we've been told a thousand times, do, don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. Don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. And <laughs> there's just like, okay, we tried all the ways and every every way we try has been told that that's not the way. So I'm just kind of like, do whatever y'all feel like you need to do, then we need to do that because there is now bringing forth conversation about what needs to be done. What do the police need to do? Now, I know they're giving us like these little easy little things like, oh, all the police need to wear cameras. That means nothing. If you are somebody who's sitting here like, yes, cameras would be the answer. That police officer, that murderer, he knew he was being filmed and he did not care because he pretty much was sure that he could do exactly what he was doing and he could go home. Up until this moment, up until this time, that really was the truth. Like there was no consequence for anybody. So the camera isn't the issue. There needs to be more done. And I ain't the one to tell anybody what needs to be done. I don't know. But there there does need to be more done um, <clears throat> as far as that goes. Because this is more of, yes, this is like a police officer's killing black men issue which is a huge issue but this is an even bigger issue because this is definitely a racial issue and it's a class issue because you know they do this in areas a lot where they believe that like you know the people are are worthless like they're not nobody's gonna miss them nobody's gonna cause a scene because they're murdered nobody's gonna it's not gonna be a problem if they do these things in these uh lower income neighborhoods you know, such like that. So what I like about it is it is opening up conversations about what else needs to be done. So um, Tuesday night, there was the start of a conversation. The show, I believe, was called "What Do We? Where Do We Go From Here? It's on the OWN Network. It was hosted by Oprah Winfrey. It is hosted by Oprah Winfrey. And she has a panel of people, activists, um, clergy, directors, actors. Uh, Keisha Knight Bottoms is on there. Um, just having a conversation. And, and, and so the first episode was just about, you know, what's going on? What have we seen? They used a lot of clips from social media to help to address what's going on and how the people are feeling, which I thought is really dope. Um, and then, t- then uh, Wednesday is the episode with you know, what do we ask for? What, you know, where do we go from here? Because the thing is, is a lot of the times when we have seen in the past, the protests have been asking for some very simple ask. One thing, you know, one one thing we really want or, you know, a need or something like that. It's been, you know, pretty basic in, in um, 
the asking. But because this is an election year, because people have been fed up with how the government has been treating them and in a and um in its entirety because you know black people have now felt like you know come on like I, I, what else is what 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 else can we do that the ask now needs to be bigger the thinking needs to be bigger the demands need to be bigger y'all need to y'all meaning the, you know the government needs to give more at this point we we don't want to keep asking for basics you know like black lives matter at the end of the day this just saying that we just want for people to just acknowledge that we matter. Nah, forget that. We want more than that at this point. And I'm not saying Black Lives Matter is not um, relevant. I'm not saying it's not relevant. I'm not saying their cause is not good. I'm saying their ask now has broadened to more than matter. It 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 is the Black Lives Matter people who are like, no, it's not just matter anymore. We've been saying we matter for for a number of years now we need to (laughs) we are demanding more of our government we are demanding more of the systems because we do live here we do exist here we are from here and so at this point we can't keep on trying to be like the system has to change the system or or saying like you know the system is broken the system doesn't work anymore no it has always worked exactly how it has been designed to work and now what we are saying is that system has got to go and there needs to be another way of doing this because the policing that has happened in this country has been about corralling black people so that they you know act right. (laughs) If you've been on this show and you've been listening to me talk, you know that I just think that act right is one of the most abusive um, demands that you can put on a person because what is right for you may not be right for me, but that doesn't mean that I am not correct as you are. So like, you know, just this whole this whole concept of policing in in America has been based on racism and classism and um, poverty and education and the fact that, you know, police have been trained that there, there is a class of people or more than one class of people who all seem to have darker skin that that group of people are not worthy of human rights and at this point we have to be saying that we want to do more than just ask for basic human rights we we here we want to exist just like you and that's what the problem is because they're so afraid that they have to give up their power now the problem for me with that is you then that then means that you acknowledge that you have a power that we don't possess. If you acknowledge that, you your expectations can't be like, oh, you can just do the same thing we do. You can be just like, you know, our families do. You can just you already acknowledge that you have a power because you don't want to give it up. And now we're just saying like, you got to like <laughs> give up your power and shut up because this is ridiculous at this point. Nobody has time for asking anymore. And so for me, when you are addressing the 
cause of something or the effect of something, sorry, when you are addressing the effect of something, you could care less, you could not care less about the cause of something. And, and in this case, it is when people are addressing the looting that is that has been going on instead of addressing why we even get to a place where people are looting. Because people wasn't just looting, you know, a month ago when they were, you know, hungry and still waiting for the stimulus checks. People weren't out there in the streets doing it then. There, there has to have been a cause. What is the cause that has brought people out in such a way? Especially when a lot of this stuff is not coming from or not stemming from, it's not um, started by the protesters. This is a lot of it has been captured that, you know, white people are out here busting up windows, tearing up, you know, opening up businesses and then leaving the the stuff open and saying people like oh look over here it's open over here and then and then encouraging looters okay like because let's just be honest because that's what's happening most of the time yes are you saying like oh people shouldn't be going and doing it anyway man calm down calm down then you're telling people oh don't um you heard the young lady you can't tell people don't tear up your own neighborhood when nobody owns anything in that neighborhood. Yes, there may be some people in certain neighborhoods who own a couple of the houses, but the majority of these neighborhoods are not owned by anybody who live in that neighborhood. So, you know, you're telling people to preserve somebody else's things. That's really what you're, you're still saying like, hey, landlord Bob, you know, that's his building. Don't burn that down. When a lot of people are like, landlord Bob charging us a lot of money to live in something that is crappy as hell because I know a person at my job who pays less money and has a nice little little um, apartment. But that apartment won't rent to me just because of the color of my skin and where I, neighborhood I'm coming from. They don't trust me and my family to come live in that building. So here I am over here with Emma Bob, and it's not as nice. You know, just, just that kind of stuff. Like, we have to come to a point where we stop trying to blind the African-American community to believing that this is our stuff, we need to preserve it, that's not okay, you know, we're trying to fix this system. Nobody is trying to fix the system because the system is exactly what it's supposed to be. Acknowledge that the system is messed up and then we can decide how we're going to move forward with that because some of this stuff needs to be dismantled, dismantled. A lot of the time, the budgets for cities, the police department gets a lot of money. They'll give way more money to the police department than they do for education. And a lot of people don't even know that. And so maybe defunding, that that has been one of the things, is like maybe defunding the police department so that, you know, they're not working so hard to... be to behave in the ways that they do because the city will give them money to do so. I don't know. I don't have any of these answers. I just know that I'm out here on the internet streets and I'm looking and I'm watching and I'm seeing 
what the people got going on. A child, I don't know what, what it is. I'm still proud of these protesters. I am still proud of them for continually, you know, marching and writing and calling and all of the things that they do to progress my freedoms, to make my freedom more relevant in this country. The best that I have is talking on this podcast. And (laughs) I'm not even talking to a, a... a you know a large group of people so you know I'm I just try to make people aware of what's going on in these streets if you guys are out there shout out to y'all make sure you're hydrated make sure you are safe as much as possible somebody knows where you are at all times make sure that you know um sometimes you are checking your mental health, because what happens out in the protest streets definitely can be traumatic. And, um, you know, I'm there for you in spirit. I care for you. Uh, And, you know, we're thinking about you and my prayers are with you guys. So, you know, continue to fight, continue to do all that you have in you. But also keep yourself, mind, body, and spirit safe. Okay. I don't know why Terry Crews keeps on insisting on speaking about any issues. Because every time he does it, you can tell that he is tone deaf to the issues. You can tell that. He is not connected to the, you know, quote unquote, the people or the cause. And that he always seems to be trying to placate white people. And that's, I like, I Terry, where are your friends? Like, I feel like at this point, you should just like run your tweets past somebody and be like, you know, I don't know, Keisha, what you think about this? So she can be like, bruh, not today. You know, because that's what the problem is. So if you didn't know, Terry Crews puts out a tweet that says, defeating white supremacy, sorry, y'all, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. That for me is just like Terry, sit sit it on down, okay? Too many people then started coming for him, like, what are you doing? Orlando Jones um tweeted black supremacy question mark. We represent thirteen percent of the United States population. Hold no institutional power and gaslight. And yes, like our co-workers, we got 99 problems and your math isn't the only one, okay? It's because, like, what the hell are you doing? Then somebody else, Daryl Wharton Rigby, said we have officially entered the Twilight Zone on a day when Mitt Romney marches for Black Lives Matters and Terry Crews does 
the things he does because it's just at this point it it just at this point is like what Terry Crews just what are you talking about black supremacy dude it doesn't make any sense so Terry Crews talking about, you know, white supremacy and black supremacy and all of these nonsenses. It's always like he's saying like, hey guys, we can't be out here trying to, you know, take over like white people have been in control because we just need to all be together. We we don't need to, at this point, right where we are right now, it's not about all together. It is about a community of people and what is happening to them. And if you are not tweeting out about being outraged about what happened to George Floyd or anybody else in just the last six months. Shut your mouth about what you want the whole collective of the world to do, the whole collective of the country to do. It ain't the right time to do it. I'll listen to one podcast where I believe, I, I don't I don't even know. I was listening to one of the podcasts and the people were talking about like, you need, you have to learn how to read the room, Okay. Excuse me. The room right now is this nation. And if you can't read the nation right now and say this ain't time to be talking about one love, then that's where the problem with Terry Crews is. And what makes it even worse all the time? Because, you know, Terry Crews is the same one who was talking about women and, um, you know, how they're being treated and everybody's the same, all this nonsense that he did back when Gabrielle Union was talking about her, how she was mistreated by NBC. Every time that people try to explain to Terry Crews where he has gone wrong, Terry Crews be trying to like um, double down. He just be like, you know what? Okay, whatever. So then he put out a tweet that said, please know that everything I've said comes from a spirit of love and reconciliation for the black community first, then the world as a whole in hopes to see a better future for black people. And it's just like Terry, like, then he puts out a video that says, first of all, my heart is broken. George Floyd looks like me. George Floyd could be me. I could easily, easily be that man on the ground with that police officer's knee on my neck. That could easily be me. That's where he should have started, okay? But, like, it, but it, it's just like, Terry, how come somebody always has to come for you first before you understand what's going on? Do more research, bruh. All this stuff is just right here on... All this stuff is right here on the internet. I don't know why we got to constantly teach you why things are not the way that they should be. One of the people who addressed this was Amanda Seals. And she was saying that sometimes you have to give grace pretty much to people like Terry Crews who don't seem to be super popular in the black community. Like he's a black man and he's on TV and movies and whatnot, but he kind of placates more towards to the white community. 
for whatever reason, nobody really knows why. And so she was saying that when you have those type of people, sometimes you have to be a little bit more understanding of where they're coming from, not to excuse him and not to, um, you know, give him a pass, but it's just like, you know, Terry keep on saying this nonsense because, like, he don't, he don't really even know, get get the room. He don't know how to read the room, right? And he's not the only celebrity who has come out and said some nonsense. Like, Trina, the rapper, at one point, I think sometime last week, she started, you know, screaming about the looters being animals out here in the street, and she went to curfew for her city to be longer, that for people to be in the house, because people just don't know how to act. And most of what she was saying was because she was upset that one of her friend's stores was either in danger of being looted or was looted. I don't remember. I don't really know. But she, you know, has a voice on a radio show. And so she was on there. She was just going hard about, you know, people looting. But we didn't really hear her speaking about George Floyd's murder. And so, you know, the the, the room... <clears throat> When you're somebody who has money and all you're complaining about is somebody else who has money losing money (laughs) at a time when people are talking about their rights and black people's deaths, it's it's a bad, you know, place to be. Little Wayne did the same thing. Little Wayne who I don't know what he connected to, but he really isn't. First of all, take into consideration this seriously. Little Wayne has been famous for years. Before he was an adult, he was famous. So his, even though we all want to try to believe that um, he's, you know, from the hood, his daddy from the hood and like, you know, Birdman and Manny Fresher from the hood. And yes, he was born in the hood, but he has spent the majority of his life in affluent communities. Okay. And so we have to stop believing that because somebody was somewhere at some point, they are and represent that space. Because it's just not the truth. Little Wayne was talking about, oh, don't be mad at police. A white man, a white police officer saved my life. Bruh, you don't know how to read the room. The room say, we don't care about your one little life. We're talking about all of these lives. And this is not the first time Little Wayne has said some, you know, he on, you know, he he don't got time to be worried about the oppressed up in here because he don't feel oppressed. He said he's never felt racism before. And it's kind of like some of that stuff we understand because you just been walking around with money the whole time. Plus you keep yourself mad secluded, dude. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we as the, you know, regular people have to encounter, you don't have to encounter. That doesn't mean that you should not know how to sympathize. And so speak about the sympathy that you have for your for the community that is speaking out right now instead of your small view of the world based off of your privileged, you know, um, 
your your level in the world. Like, you know, because of course Little Wayne doesn't have white privilege. Let me just everybody calm down. But he is he is a very rich man. And some of the experiences, like he don't gotta go to the grocery stores and the hair stores and any other daggone store and get followed around in the same way. I don't know what they do at the Gucci store. We don't go there a lot, but you know, when you at the grocery store and they follow you around or when you gotta go to the hair store in your community and they got somebody going out of aisle with you like you wanna steal all the time, there's a difference. And so when those people are speaking out about the oppression that they feel, if your comment is just like, hey, don't say a lot of bad things about the, the people, because when I go to, you know, who knows, when I go to such and such space, they treat me really nice. You Then you should shut up and listen and find out what other people are saying their experience is because they're trying to tell you we don't all get that experience. So shut your face and figure out what we're talking about and then figure out how you can help us to be more like you and experience and figure out like why is it only because I have money that, you know, I have a different experience, a better experience, a freer experience than, you know, freaking... <clears throat> Jojo and Bobo down the street. These people are just, you know, some of the few people who don't know how to quote unquote read the room because they're so worried about speaking about their own personal experience that they forget that there's another group of us who have a collective experience that is not, that is more the norm in this country. It's like, you don't got no cousins, you don't got no mama, you ain't got no auntie who could tell you, like, yeah, I get it that, like, you have this wonderful experience of the world, but we don't all have that boom, and so shut your face, put your phone down, get off the Twitters, because the things that you are saying are um, not compassionate to the community who is crying out right now. For right now, it looks like we just, you know, going to keep on marching on, no pun intended. But, like, you know, with what's going on in the world, I'm looking forward to this. I have been a big champion for people paying attention to the possibilities for change during the the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, you know, I have been advocating for people to always find some way to change in this way. This is a huge change. Now, I've been saying, you know, there's just a lot that you can do from the smallest things to, you know, larger scale things. And we have we have been in a transformative stage all of this year so far. Pretty much the whole year. I mean, I don't even remember what was happening in 2019, but people were so quick to want to get out of 2019 and jump into 2020. So for me, it's like the whole of the six months. I know that we only pretty much got into the pandemic in March, but I would just say January and February were not that great either. (laughs) Especially for me, y'all know I've been going through. So this transformative time has been great for me and for, you know, 
everybody else. And this seems to be like it's going to transform all of these companies. There's so many companies who now have spoken out and, you know, there was like the blackout day and then last week. And then, you know, you go on any, just about everybody's website now. And at first it was all talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, first it was talking all about, you know, how to COVID, you know, uh, how to handle COVID-19 and what they're doing to, you know, combat the issue of that and, you know, masks and cleanup and all of this kind of stuff. Now, when you go on to a lot of the sites, there's also something that speaks about Black Lives Matter, standing with the Black community, all these types of things. We have never seen that before. We had, you know, the NFL guys, I don't know nobody's name. I don't watch sports, but like they're out there and they're speaking about, oh, we should have listened before to, you know, the players and about racism and all this other stuff. That's huge. I will say first, they need to put some action behind what they're saying. I don't want to just read words. I need for some action to be happening. Let me know what you are doing to change in your companies. Well, how many more, you know, people of color are you putting on your boards or your higher ups and all of those kind of things. But just the fact that they are making these public announcements now means that they hear that they're they're going they're the black community is um making a, a sound they are making a wave that they are hearing that there is it's far worse than any other time um because now people can see it i don't think that it's worse because it's getting worse i think that it's worse for the nation because people can see what they doing it's not a secret no more and so when the companies speak out about this kind of thing, they they also have to under they also understand that there's going to be a backlash because of course you're going to get a group of white people who are going to be like, oh, if you're going to be standing up for black people, I'm not buying, I'm not purchasing here. Oh, if you're going to stand up for black people, I'm not going to eat here. I'm not going to you know spend my money in these venues. So for the companies to now say we're willing to lose some of these whites people so that we can stand with these black people is huge in this time like that's transformative and I am impressed but again I feel like the same thing with you know when cops are arrested it's like okay let me see what your next step is because you can't just arrest them you also have to convict them you can't just put a post on your email uh, mailing list you have to or on your website I need you to also do put some action behind it I need to see what else you're doing but it is a start and I am excited to see where else this is going because this don't seem to be letting up no time soon I think we're gonna rock this all year too we're gonna be putting on masks and watching people march and making companies make changes and trying to make um, reforms to or transformations to government as well. And I, for one, am looking forward to greater because I believe that it is coming. I believe that it is coming sooner than we expected because a lot of us, especially in my age group, could have been like, yes, we saw the Black president, but I'm not really sure that um, that 
is going to go further than that. And my grandma is at an age where I know she would have never thought she would have saw the black president and she got to see one. And so, you know, if my grandma got to see the black president, the country owe me more because my grandma had to hit, you know, her 60s, 70s to see the president. So, you know, if if I got to, to be here, I need to see more than just the black president. And I don't want to even wait till I'm 60, 70. Give me some stuff today. And I feel like that's what's happening now. And I'm just excited for it. All right, so y'all know I'm out here. I'm on these internet streets. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to do some stuff. You know, the web the website look good, y'all. It looks good. <laughs> y'all need to check it out. It's internetstreets.com. Uh, and it has the blog. It has the podcast episodes. It look cute. Sign up. Get Let me get, um, you know, subscribe to it so we can get you out some information going on with what I'll be doing soon because, you know, big things popping, <laughs> or at least I would like for them to be. So make sure you're out there. Check me out on the internet, on the social needs, especially on, you know, Instagram and in the Twitters because that's where I be chilling. Sometimes I stroll over and hang out on Facebook blog, but, you know, not as much. But if you, you know, if you find me over there too, go ahead on. I'm, I'm over there as well. Just saying podcast everywhere you go. The, that you'll see me if you, you know, if you look it. Make sure if you're listening to this and you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, y'all, because why not? It's free. It don't cost you nothing. Then you know when I'm, when I'm hitting. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining me this week. And for all my people who've been riding, we rolling. <laughs> okay, guys, y'all got to be safe out here in these streets, but you know, make your voice be heard. But that's just me. And I'm just saying. <laughs>